Tim Hortons today uh, launched their Run Club merchandise to mark National Coffee Day. Apparently, it's sold out within minutes. I'm not sure how much of it they had. I don't know if you've seen this or not. Um, it's an apparel line that includes a windbreaker with extra long sleeves for holding hot coffee uh, and slides with Tim Runs branding. Tim's Run branding slides, those shower slipper things that people wear. I have a pair. I don't wear them. Um, and also, like, a, there was a pocket to keep your breakfast sandwich warm. It was kind of clever in, in a bunch of ways. I, I can't imagine wearing it necessarily, but apparently people did. So it was launched today in honor of National Coffee Day. Um, Tim Hortons have kind of has done similar things in the past. There was the Tim Biebs, their collab- collaborative apparel with Justin Bieber. That apparently was a huge success. That was last year. So they're looking to do something again. Uh, the jackets are like 100 bucks. Again, you get that insulated breakfast sandwich pocket and the long sleeves to carry your coffee. I mean... It's it's interesting. I mean, I think it's pretty clever. I, I didn't know if it would work or not. We were curious as to whether it would. I was more interested in why they're doing it. Because really, when you think about Tim Hortons, you think about food, right? You think about, is the coffee fresh? Are the donuts fresh? Are the, are the sandwiches decent? Is the service good? I'm not so sure about it being needing to be cool or trendy. Now, obviously, they're not trying to attract me to go back or go, period. They're trying to attract a younger audience. And that's what this is all about, younger customers, clearly. Um, with more on this is Ken Wong. He's a professor of marketing at the S.J. Smith School of Business at Queen's University in Kingston. Thanks for your time tonight. My pleasure, Ben. So this one, I mean, it caught my eye. That's why I wanted to talk about it. What did you make of the idea of this clothing line? Well, you know, I, I think you have to separate two things, the, the motivation from the execution. You know, the the motivation here uh, clearly is a continuation of something Tim started probably two or three years ago, initially with the hookup they did with Sean Mendez. uh, And then, of course, last year's very successful, albeit short term successful uh, launch of of all the Bieber products. So they're really trying to make sure they don't become your parents, Tim Hortons. At the same time, uh, whether or not this clothing line uh, is a good idea in general uh, I, I'm not sure whether it is the best execution of that uh, of that strategy. So is that the basis behind the marketing theory behind this is simply trying to attract a younger audience? Is that really what it boils down to? Uh, that, that would be my sense. You know, uh, Tim Hortons has a unique set of problems. Uh, I mean, one of the problems is you're trying to attract a younger demographic. But if you go into Tim Hortons and uh, and want to be served, more often than not, you're seeing senior citizens behind the counter. Uh, and that, that doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. Um, and so I think this is really directed at truly that Tim's run, the drive-through customer, who already is getting you know, preference, I think, in terms of service weights and so on, uh, over the in-store customer. I think the in-store customer remains still, still is largely that senior, using it as a, a social center. Uh, but I think drive-through is is their real the real battleground, and, and the major competition there is clearly McDonald's. Uh, you've seen tremendous success that McDonald's had with their coffee lines. When you look at um, at the clothing line itself, the sort of the the insulated breakfast sandwich pocket and all, it, it all sounds kind of clever, but 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 kind of kind of ridiculous at the same time. To be frank, well, uh, I, I couldn't agree more. I, I, you know, I think this is one of those things. It has a very short-term lifetime. Um, it's a novelty product. And uh, I don't know if, if maybe this is Tim Horton's attempt to 
to recreate the magic of roll up the rim. You know, maybe every year they're going to come out with some new initiative that uh, that tries to appeal to a younger demographic. Um, and I'm sure that you're going to see reports in the press of somebody paying an enormous amount of money for one of these these artifacts. But that uh, that demand will probably go about 12 people deep. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I mean, we're talking about it. So clearly it's already succeeded to some extent. Right. It caught my eye because it was novel and it was different. And, uh, you know, sometimes in marketing that that makes a difference. Well, awareness is easy to accomplish. I mean, if I wanted to make people aware of me, I'd just strip down naked and run around town. People would notice, they'd talk about it, and, and it would probably go viral. <laughs> so, <laughs> but it's not exactly the image I want to demonstrate. And that's the real question here, is is that really the image you want to demonstrate? Don't forget, too, um, Tim Hortons as a stock uh, is largely held by retail, uh, by the retail consumer. And uh, and so if this is seen as a disjointed campaign, if the media doesn't present it in a favorable light, there could be some repercussions on investor relations, not just customer relations. Yeah, I suppose these sorts of ideas, uh, you have to you have to please a lot of people. It's not just about the customer facing. You're, you're also looking inward to who's behind it as well. Right. I mean, these, these are essentially at the end of the day, these are corporate decisions and the corporation is judged by the decisions they make, specifically the public ones like this one. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, I, I do have to give them credit. I mean, they have built some clever things in, you know, the extendable sleeve that you know, so you don't burn your hand and the insulated pocket. But again, I think all of those things are, are really designed more to get the media coverage uh, than necessarily a consumer appeal. I, I don't see too many people waking up in the morning going, oh, man, you know, I, I could really use something that would protect my hand against the Tim Hortons coffee cup being too hot. Or I, I, I wish I hadn't forgot about that breakfast sandwich in the insulated <laughs> in the insulated pocket. You know, Tim Hortons has had some bad press lately. Obviously, the whole uh, privacy issue with the app, and then the coffee and the donut as payment, and so on. Um, is this an attempt to try and at least ch- turn the page a little bit to have people talking about something else, regardless of whether they like it or not? Uh, it, it could be. Uh, certainly, I, I think any kind of distraction uh, on their part would be uh, would be desirable. But, you know, if you think about Tim Hortons, the identity of Tim Hortons is distinctively Canadian. And if they were going to do a promotion, Sean Mendez made sense. He's Canadian. Justin Bieber makes sense. He's Canadian. Um, so I, I'm having a little difficulty seeing the, the linkage there. Yeah, tell me a bit about Tim Hortons' identity, because we, of course, know that it's, I mean, it's, it's, not, it, it's not necessarily entirely Canadian anymore, but how has it survived recently? It's obviously been having some trouble maintaining um, both the loyalty and the brand over the past little while. Yeah, well, you know, if you go back to the origins when Ron Joyce first started it up, uh, you know, Ron Joyce was a, a, a cop walking his beat. And as the old joke goes, you know, what do cops want? They want coffee and donuts. Uh, But he couldn't find any that was fresh. And so Tim Horton's initial venture into the market was really predicated on this, you know, a fresh batch of coffee every six minutes. So you never had bad coffee and you always had fresh donuts. Um, Once they were bought by Wendy's, one of the first things Wendy's did was they switched over from fresh baked to par baked uh, donuts. Uh, and there was uh, there was a minor revolt amongst the franchisees, uh, and indeed even Ron Joyce himself uh, spoke against against the move. Um, but but they persevered, and I think over time what you've seen is a little less Canadiana 
uh, finding its way into the Tim Hortons brand, even though uh, certainly as, a, as, as its asset, that was, that was a huge thing. Uh, it was covered on shows like How I Met Your Mother and even coming from the States. They came to Canada, they would film an episode at the Tim Hortons. And so the, the two really became uh, synonymous. And, and certainly some of that early advertising did a fabulous job of building that. And then it was a question of expanding into as many locations as you possibly could. Because at the end of the day, it is a convenience product. You know, if you, uh, if you contrast the Tim Hortons against, say, Starbucks. Now, you know, if you have a child playing hockey and you've got a, a 6 a.m. practice in some arena, I, I defy you to find a Starbucks coffee cup there. Uh, there'll be tons and tons of Tim Hortons because everything at Tim Hortons was predicated on speed and convenience, e even the order protocol. You know, you go to Tim Hortons, you order a double-double. You go to Starbucks, what do you order? Yeah. Triple venti, latte, extra foam, extra hot, chocolate on one side, sprinkles on the other, on yes. a, a slab of almond thrown in. You know, it, it's a different protocol altogether. So, have, I mean, have, have they lost their way a little bit? I mean, this goes outside of jackets and merch and so on, but, uh, but have they lost their way a bit? And can they find it back? Because, again, for so long, uh, I remember the, the Tim Hortons in Hamilton was like a shrine before they were all over the place. Um, have they lost their way a little bit? And can they find it back, do you think? I, I, I think they have lost their way a little bit. Again, I, I think strategically they know what they have to do. They, they do have to cultivate a, a younger customer base. I just don't think that this is enough to do it. Uh, th there's more required. And, and the other problem, of course, with Tim's is you have a, a lot of renegade franchisees out there. And at the end of the day, no matter what Tim Hortons tells me corporate, uh, my experience with Tim Hortons is dictated by the practices at the local franchise. And when you're at a local franchise, I can't even be guaranteed that I'll find the same menu items from one location to another or the same speed of service. And, and so all of a sudden, your brand starts to become inconsistent. And that's the kiss of death for any brand. Yeah, I guess part of the problem is that for franchisees and for a lot of Canadians, they feel ownership over that brand, right? I mean, that's it's not it's not just an owned brand by somebody. By It's not like McDonald's, for instance. I think Canadians feel a certain possessiveness of Tim Hortons. I remember covering the Tim Hortons in Kandahar, right? I mean, it was a story we did all the time because Canadians felt a certain affinity for it. And all of a sudden... You know, to you know, so we we feel like we we own a part of it. In other words, absolutely, absolutely true, and that makes it tough. <laughs> to a certain extent, Canadian consumers maybe regret when they see Tim Hortons making these mistakes. They, they might even give them a, a an extra degree of latitude in in making those mistakes. But if you make the mistakes often and often enough, you'll lose that privilege. Ken Wong, thank you so much. My benefit. Stay safe.